Hi there, this is Rebecca. Um, a little explanation on my audio for today's episode. Uh, my headphones, I recorded the audio through my headphones and uh, not the mic, so it doesn't sound the same. And I'm sorry, and you're gonna be okay. All right, thanks so much for listening. Love y'all. Here we go. Hello, welcome to Lonely Girls, a podcast dedicated to examining, archiving, and applauding the loneliest girls in media and pop culture history. My name is Madeline Turner, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Rebecca Botter. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. I am you know, chugging a Red Bull and a coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at your beautiful face and your beautiful backdrop. Um, And we're about to talk about like, I would say uh, uh, one of our favorite things in the world to like just discuss anyways. Mm -hmm. And so being able to throw it on a podcast is, I don't know, it's a good way to start a a Tuesday morning. Go to our TikTok, everyone. Um, to see our Please back do it. because actually it was going to message you, Maddie. I can't wait for the day where like you're in a hotel in, um, Canada and how it's like, and it's like <laughs> you, we are getting on a call and I'm like, dude, we got to record. We got to record. And you're like, fine. It's 6am. You've got to, you've got work to do. And then you're like in the dark and you just could not care less. And then I'm like, I don't know, also doing something exciting. Me too. Right. Me. We, and we've got, we're like in our like bathrobes mm-hmm. and. And like, just look, I think looking shit is such a flex. And it really is. It really is. And I could not do it this morning. I, I, my ego was really, uh, she was on one. Mm-hmm. I had to up my lighting setup. Just so I would have, I you know, not so much of like a harsh sheen on my face mm-hmm. of like, you know, oil. Yeah. From 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 sleeping in too late. Being alive. Um. Oh, I mean, yeah, barely, barely being alive. I, do you know the musical so, company? Speaking of, no, I don't. I'm I I'm way way less of a theater educated than you are. I know. It's, there's I would sing it, but it's really hard. Anyways, there's a song called Being Alive. It, does it go, company? No. Uh, there's company at the door. Ding dong. Hey, no, no, that's um, not <laughs> bad. But Being Alive, <laughs> it says at one point, someone to hold you too close, someone to love you too deep, someone to sit in your chair and something, something. But it's all about like, even if he could find love, he really doesn't. He's just kind of afraid of committing to someone. It's a really good song. Mm. Um, anyways, Ooh. lonely moment of the week. Speaking of, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, we're not there yet. Lonely moment of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have a treat for us, so I will go first, and I will make it snappy. All right. And uh, and lonely girls, let me let me know if this is a familiar sentiment. But I find that a particularly lonely place for me personally is a live music venue, um, a live music concert. I think maybe it traces back to my non-denominational sort of like stadium Christian rock upbringing in, I would say, being sort of surrounded, <laughs> surrounded by people um, really into um, – it really just really into like the person that they're singing about and me sort of feeling distanced from that and feeling sort of wild and, and estranged. Um, but it, it's, it's a, it's a sentiment that's carried into my experiences as an adult. You feel, you feel your own insignificance in a, in a very, very visceral way, especially in our, you know, digital age where you can feel you know, you can be you can be one of millions and still you know feel significant or have significance. However, I have been attempting to um, I, I would say like unblock my sort of like early life uh, 
trauma clogs and try to enjoy things because literally what else am I going to do? And so I have been trying to put myself in concert situations where I will have an enjoyable time. Um, so last weekend I very impulsively bought like $30 tickets to, uh, this like electronic duo called Polo and Pan. Shout out to Polo and Pan. They're great. They're definitely not lonely girl music, but like it's, it's good stuff. (laughs) Um, and the concert was taking place at the Hollywood Bowl, which if you're aware of that, it's uh, like an amphitheater. It's like a large outdoor amphitheater. Uh, it, 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 it's not a stadium, but like it could be if it wanted to. And because the tickets were so cheap, um, we were sort of like up in the nosebleeds, like literally the very, very, very last section. And so I bought, a you know, a handful of tickets, invited a handful of friends Aww. and, Yeah. Yeah. Which is my, that's my way of like, uh, curbing, like the lonely girl impulse is like getting to control who I invite to a concert or at least like having it be something where I'm like, please just go to this thing with me. Like, please, 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 please just go. And so I, I don't have to worry about the person like, um, feeling, um, cajoled into the experience because I purchased their ticket. Mm-hmm. That's true. See, my thing is yeah. I would just buy one ticket and I would go by myself. Yeah, that that might even be more lonely girl than no, no like no offense, but I, it's definitely like going It's definitely more lo- yeah, going alone not is, proud is of it. truly lonely. I it that sounds like a nightmare, honestly. Not a concert. Like that sounds like me Oh, say who you went with, who I love. Oh. I went with my friend Mads, friend of the podcast. Definitely. Who we and so she she's a part of this. I Mads is um I would say she's like a lonely girl at heart. Um guys, <clears throat> check out Madeline Blake on Exo Madeline TikTok Blake and Exo Madeline Blake and then Mad Mads.com on TikTok. She is the most incredible human being in the world. I love her so much. She's a visionary. She's um, a lonely girl at heart, but I feel like she has managed to procure the least lonely existence um, in spite of her lonely girl heart. So I went to the concert with Mads and there was this moment where we were standing in the nosebleeds and the music was playing and it was really lovely. And I was having sort of my, you know, lonely crisis moment that happens at, 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 you know, at whatever point in the evening. And I look to my right and there's this beautiful man named Mark who I would say is like, like what's the opposite of a lonely girl? Like a, like a Drew Barrymore. Uh, I feel oh. like it's a Drew Barrymore. Yes. <laughs> like the like this man is in his full Drew Barrymore element. And he he is he's he's got this like this dance that he wants everyone to do. And he doesn't know any of these people. I barely know Mark. I met Mark that evening. Oh, you didn't and invite because Mark. of his I did not invite Mark. Mark was invited by other friends. But Mark, Mark, Mark gets on those those steps and starts doing his weird dance. And there's something so like charismatic and it, he's just making an absolute fool of himself. And everyone loves it. He eventually like he 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 acquires so much of a um, a cult following that like the whole back area of the arena where we're in starts doing the dance that he's doing. And it looks really stupid. It's not a cool dance, but I was so, I was so captivated and I was so impressed by this man's complete, like lack of um, like uh, uh, self self-examination or self-obsession 
that he just, he knew that this, he knew that this stupid dance was worth doing. <laughs> and he knew that, and he knew that he wanted to bring people along for the ride. Was Mark on any sort of substances? I cannot confirm or deny. Mm-hmm. I do not know. But either way, it really like sort of brought me out of this, this lonely moment that I was, I was on the precipice of falling into Mm -hmm. and kind of helped me experience um, the concert in a new way. So I just want to, I want to dedicate my lonely girl moment, my almost lonely girl moment this week um, to Mark. Also, aside from that, there was a very brief, like fleeting moment where from our vantage point in the concert setting um, between like two cresting, you know, mountaintops. I could see the Hollywood sign mm. um, just like as the sun was setting. And I was like, this is very, this is a very lonely girl moment. Mm. So um, shout out to the Hollywood sign. Shout out to Mark. Shout out to Mads. Oh my gosh. Shout out to loneliness. So you have something really special and exciting for us. That's going to tie us into um, what we're talking about on the podcast yes. today. So, um, would you like to preface it? Yeah. Take the floor, okay. my darling girl. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you didn't define, you know, the person, the crush that died mm, like two ish months ago. Mm. What, yes. what character would you say that crush was? It's like I wanted a Bingley. I was hoping you wanted it was a Bingley. You were hoping, you were hoping for a Bingley, and I think you got a Frank Churchill. Yeah. Because there's nothing inherently wrong with a Frank Churchill, no. you know? It's just – it's someone who is um, exercising their charm mm-hmm. in, in, a, in, a, in, in a suspicious and way. And makes you feel like you have charmed them. So – Exactly. All right, y'all. This is a hot tip that only I execute. Um, but when yes. you like someone – You've got to get on the apps um, to make sure you're not giving that person too much power. I was trying to get over my Churchill. And I went on – so also, guys, um, Zoom dates, absolutely, because not only are you about to spend money going on a date, or they're about to spend quite a bit of money – um, but also you don't know what they're like. You go on Zoom dates. You you do you do like a FaceTime. Yes. And I my intuition, not to brag, but it's banging. And I can read something. Oh, I believe yeah, it. Yeah, it I, I can read it. Like a guy walks up and I'm like, okay, this is how it's gonna go. But um yeah. so the Zoom date started up. I was having a really hard night. I just saw the movie The Worst Person in the World, came home, put on mm. a little bit of makeup and uh FaceTimed for like 20 minutes, and I immediately was like, oh, this guy blames all of his problems on other people. No, thank you. Mm. And so um, 20 20 minutes, and I, you know, and then I was like, hey, as I had said before, it's been a really long day. I'm going to go over to a friend, but I really appreciate your time, blah, blah, blah. And Mm. whatever, we're just going to focus on the text. So then he texts like (laughs) two or three days later. And he was like, do you still want to go on a date? And I'm going to – this is a great text, so I'm sharing it with you guys. Um, This is my response. Great. If you're not feeling it, here we go. I've, like, perfected it. Hey there. Thanks so much for chatting the other night. I want to be upfront that I just didn't feel the vibe I'm looking for currently, a.k.a. like he was mean and he said cats were gross and he hates his family. So it's like by feeling the vibe, I didn't want to be like you, you and he hates his job. He says I have okay. no friends. Anyways, um hot ideal man, ideal uh, man. You're crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um so I just didn't feel the vibe is like I like I don't you're not enjoyable. But I, anyways, yeah, no. So I just didn't feel the vibe I'm looking for currently in a relationship. I respect you and your time and so wanted to be direct and totally wish you the best. You don't tell them that they're an amazing person because that's going to confuse them because they're going to be like, "Wait, if I'm an amazing person." So saying that you respect them though, that's that's yeah. how you do it. So, and also, I think being upfront with saying I don't feel the vibe mm-hmm. is like a, incredibly respectful, B, incredibly honest, and C, uh, uh, what else could you ask for? No, it's – it's you feel free. If you Literally want – Literally nothing. If you DM me, I can send it to you. But anyways, um, then he says – She'll send you she'll, – she'll copy-paste. Yeah. So anyways, then that night, he texts back, yeah, I wasn't feeling it either. Just kind of bored right now. Anyway, good luck. 
<laughs> Which also, like, guys, no offense, but I've been hosting a podcast um, besides this one for three plus years, which honestly, every single interview is a first date. I'm really good at first dates. Yes. And unfortunately, also, guys. I agree. Yeah. And you've gone on a first date with me. And um, un- I have. And it went well, I would say. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like I, I'm good at connect. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly it went well. Yeah. We uh, now have a podcast child together yeah. uh, and then uh, and are irreparably entwined in each other's lives. And then the next day, midday. So he had been like the next day he'd been steaming on this and he goes, oh, this is always bad. And this is what you this is what you really wanted to share. I'm so sorry. I might cut okay, out. I'm ready. I'm ready. Intro. I'm ready. I'm so sorry, y'all. But anyways, he says something to get off my chest. Red flag. I've encountered too many girls who are expecting fireworks within the first 20 minutes of talking to someone for the first time. You can't expect a romantic connection to appear during an initial 20-minute FaceTime call. But if you share values, which we didn't, have similar interests, we didn't, and are at least compatible. Which, which you didn't. No, like none of them. He literally said, I love like music. And I said, 10 minutes of the conversation was like three where I don't go into clubs because I have panic attacks. That was half of the conversation. Um, you have like an auditory processing. It, you will not like, no, like live music is not. No, exactly it is like an, an auditory thing. Um, uh, and are at least compatible yeah. in theory. Then it's worth, um, then it's worth exploring to see if a connection develops in all caps. It requires some patience and intuition. (laughs) Finding a partner is not a game of instant gratification. You silly, silly girl. Um, He didn't say that. Mike, no, this is the best part. Um, Maddie loves this part. (laughs) I love this part so much. (laughs) My great-grandparents were German immigrants who happened to live in the same neighborhood in Topeka, Kansas, in the early 1900s don't don't fuck with someone who has a podcast dude they shared a language a culture and were roughly the same age and that was enough they were together the rest of their lives because she like couldn't vote or like own land because she literally like oma literally didn't have rights i'm so sorry whenever a guy is like the good old days you know a hundred years ago Real, this is, this is like the part that has pissed off a lot of girlies. Real relationships are not like Disney movies. There aren't cartoon butterflies. We're not in 500 Days of Summer. Um, there are not cartoon butterflies when you meet that special someone. And if you do find that instant infatuation that you're looking for, know that it doesn't last. And know who knows what you're left, and who knows what you're left with after it's gone. Maybe it's our age difference two years. Um, but overall, modern <laughs> dating is a mess. And I wish people would wise up and re-examine their expectations. <laughs> Good luck on your search. Um, my podcast is called The Search for Pink. So I am on a search. Thank you for listening, sir. She is um, on a search. And you... Um, oh, what she's found is you're an asshole. <laughs> I think, okay, so there are a few things that I really Mm -hmm. love about this message. So all that to say, we are now going to talk about what Jane Austen character, this, who, who was he? This, this. Elton. Elton. So the, so people might think Collins. We're thinking Mr. Collins because he walks in and he's proposing to Lizzie Bennett and he's like, you should accept my offer. But it was, I mean, quite practical. But Elton, but this guy yeah. felt entitled to me liking me back. He felt mm-hmm. entitled to my time. And I very respectfully gave yeah. him something. Um, but he was where this, uh, this man, um, it makes me sad because he is sort of his own his oh, own detriment. Sure. This sort of, you know, if he if he sort of gave up these like notions of 
love and partnership and leaned into having a personality. Like he probably wouldn't, you know, he might've gotten a second date. He might've gotten a, a, an hour long Zoom call. But instead he gets to be read for filth on a podcast where we talk about characters in the Jane Austen so, universe. Speaking of characters in the Jane Austen universe, Rebecca, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that today. Do we want to move on to our next segment? I think both of us are very I, excited I, to talk about this. This is like, this is a very, very yes, exciting yes. episode. Um, if you can't tell. So first we're going to be talking about our leads in Sense and Sensibility. There are two leads. Also, that is a very hard name to say. Um, we we have two leads. So, since <laughs> and sensibility, um, we're going to be talking, <laughs> we're going to be ranking them. We're going to be ranking our leads. So, starting from the first published book, which mm -hmm. is Sense and Sensibility, our leads are Eleanor Dashwood and mm -hmm. Marianne Dashwood, their sisters. The next book published is Pride mm -hmm. and Prejudice. And our lead is yes. Elizabeth Bennett. Our third book published is Northanger Abbey. That is Catherine. I don't know Catherine's last name. She might not Catherine even. Norton? That sounds right. Catherine. Yeah, sure. Her name's Kathy. Our fourth book published is Emma. Mm -hmm. Lead is Emma. Third, fifth book published is Mansfield mm -hmm. Park. Lead is uh. Fanny. Sixth book published is mm -hmm. Persuasion, and our lead is Anne Elliott. So, for if if this is your first time ever watching mm -hmm. the podcast, and you uh, want like a, a baseline definition of what a lonely girl is, essentially, a lonely girl is a a, a, a person of any gender or no gender who. Uh, will spend most of their lives attempting to quell the deep, dark void of emptiness and loneliness inside themselves. And they go about it in unique and distinct ways, but there are often uh, true through lines throughout these lonely girls um, in our real lives and in the media mm -hmm. we consume. So if we're going from least lonely to okay. most lonely... Who who do we think is the least lonely Jane Austen character? Should yeah. we say it on the count of three? I think we're pretty <laughs> one, <laughs> two, Lizzie three. Bennett. Lizzie Bennett. <laughs> she's she's not, and I think that, and I think she's kind really of not. like um, Little Princess. I think one of the reasons lonely girls love her. Um, also, Mister her being with Mister Darcy is a big point, but also I think Lizzie Bennett. Lonely girls are quite drawn to characters who, the opposite of loneliness. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Who seem to have like, who seem to have that same sort of sparkle mm -hmm. and lust for life without that, that sort of embarrassing need to. Um, Self-edit. I think like the embarrassing things that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like have like self-importance or go about manipulating um yeah. yeah and i think like um like mark you know we're all like mark mark is <laughs> not a lonely girl so um that's why no, we're he's not. all quite drawn so let's know who who's next i mean i think it's gonna get a little it's gonna get harder <sighs> as we go y'all it's gonna get rough it really is. Okay, so okay. So I think that the next least lonely character is Fanny. This is my yeah. pitch for Fanny. Because she isn't really wanting to spend time with anybody else. I just Why are you hate laughing her so much. We hate – like, honestly, she really sucks. Like, Fanny is sucks. Fanny's the worst. I will say I did rewatch – I did rewatch the uh, the PBS. Oh, good on you. Um, Yeah, with Billy Piper. And I, I think Billy Piper does a really um, 
a, a, a nice job like bringing her to life. Like I, I was like, oh, I get, I get, I get. You Fanny need to a little be bit B- Billy Piper. Just like reeks of charisma, and so she's one of those yeah. like. Ne- Which is crazy because the character of Fanny is like, so, like just dead. <laughs> she's dull. And okay, and so let me let me just. I think that Fanny, all Fanny really wants to do is like hang out with her cousin and like smooch him a little bit. She doesn't want like she doesn't want a ball. She doesn't want a, or a party. Play. She doesn't want to hang she out. She does with her not want to do that play. She oh my god. And she well and as we famously said, if you did theater, you are a lonely girl. If you've ever if been you, a part of a play, yeah. you're a lonely girl. And she She did not, not. want to be in that play. Um and she was like no. it was like scandalous to do the play. Okay. I also think lonely girls don't really – I would say morality is not exactly a top priority for a lonely girl. We tend to fall more yeah, towards well, hedonism I think, to, to quell yes, the loneliness. But also I, think, um, I do think lonely girls, though, think about morality a lot. So we're not just, mm-hmm. like, rabid. I think, like, we almost want to be moral. It's, like, and it's – yeah, but we but we can't. It's it's the inability to yeah. deny our impulses, which which is a very lonely okay, so thing next. to do. Let's see. We've got some middle of the roads where it's quite okay. Mm. Mm. So a case could be made for um Mary. See, that's the Dashwood. thing is the two sisters in Sense and Sensibility are it's like their personalities are very distinct, but I feel like how they're fleshed out since it was her first book, I think that's why they're hard to kind of put a nail on. I also agree. I think there's something um, famously, I am Nathan Lane from The Birdcage, and I think Marianne Dashwood is also Nathan Lane from the birdcage, and, Nathan Lane from and though yes. I, I, I am a lonely girl, and I feel like we we have discussed. I am probably the most similar to Marianne, um, a yeah, Marianne I, yeah. slash like um, uh, the one from Northanger Abbey. Whoever is uh, the Catherine. most hysterical. So I think, yeah, wait, I think it is. I think it is Marianne, but also Marianne. The thing with Marianne that I love is. Her loneliness sometimes feels like that's a performance. That's what I was going to That's why I'm comparing her to Nathan Lane is I feel like there is this yeah. enjoyment of like, I will fling myself mm-hmm. to the floor. Um, Like uh, that 30 Rock yeah. quote that's so funny. Jenna Maroney, Jenna Maroney. has that one yeah. quote from 30 Rock where she goes, if anyone else calls me dramatic, I will kill myself. Which is like the best. Which is, which is incredible. And I, I, I think we can rank her, we can rank Marianne a little bit less lonely because of how much she mm-hmm. indulges in I it. I think she's – And I think we'll – because we, I know we both have the the top lonely Yeah. And I, I think I, I think and there's I, a little bit of the performance ahead, of loneliness and it's almost like there is a director in the back where she is very aware of what she's doing. So it's less like in the moment – heaving and sobbing like she's very aware of what she is doing um mm-hmm. in those moments of performing loneliness so the opposite of that i, I would say is, is yeah Eleanor. which they're the, the sense and then the sensibility yeah but you i would think you, i think eleanor is more yes. lonely she's so internal she has to keep it all she has to keep it all hidden within. And also I think with – and I'm basing this more on the Ang Lee, mm-hmm. Emma Thompson interpretation of Eleanor Dashwood because I think it's a great one and I think Jane Austen would love it, uh, is like her love for Edward Ferrars is so internal and so mm-hmm. hidden that like it it almost like immobilizes her like she like can't function 
um, for a period of time because she's so caught up in like the the grief of her mm-hmm. own feelings and and the inability to have this thing yeah. that she wants. And I think it's like it's almost like she doesn't know what to do with it. Um, you know, so yeah. and then she literally is alone in this feeling. Like at the beginning of the book, people are like, oh, he's totally gonna propose, blah, blah, blah. But it's almost like because in the whole book she's not it, it's almost like the the book is very much Eleanor's story in the beginning, then it's Marianne's journey of highs and lows, highs and lows, and then the love story of Eleanor kind of starts to wrap up at the end. Um, and so, yeah, but she spends the whole book just like yes, pining. and she's like in like a in like and not even like a hopeful way, in like mm-hmm. a sad. Yeah. Angsty way. It's very sense and sensibility is not a fun. I, I, read. I, I guess because I so much watch the movie in when I read the yeah. book, I, I just, it's, it's just, it's delightful. Okay. It is. It okay. Is. So next. What we've ranked four. We have. We've ranked four. Oh, so our next one Emma. is. Yeah. Emma. Emma, oh my gosh. Emma's my favorite. Well, and as we've discussed, if I'm most like any Jane Austen character, it is definitely Emma. Um I and I and I love looking at her as a lonely girl because I think there's the like the lonely girl in position of power and sort of like the emotional manipulation. Like Emma is clearly trying to control mm-hmm. um, the chaos of her young life and sort of going from her existence as a young girl, moving into her existence as an adult woman and going about it in the most lonely girl way possible, which is not feeling your own feelings and controlling the lives of and, everyone around you. And, and really it's funny because it she even is like, I'm, she's fine with being on her own. Because she's like, I'm the richest girl. Because a lot of marrying. I'm the cutest, yeah, richest girl. Like, I don't know. Like, if someone can bring something to the table, as Mr. Knightley does, she sees yeah. the value in that. But she doesn't Ugh. have to get married. Um, and I think with Churchill, no. she enjoys kind of pretending, like, kind of the like, I think she likes the mm. narrative of it where it's like he's the son of this um, man that I've known my whole life and we've known about each other our whole lives and never met in person and he's really charming and we'll have a lot of money and I'm very and we'll charming. we'll be so we'll well matched money. because he's so handsome. Exactly. Yeah. And so and so there's this – I. And, and Emma is like so caught up in the narrative of things in the sort of – the matchmaking and the sort of the story of it all that I can totally see why she's initially mm-hmm. drawn to Churchill, and, even though she doesn't actually mm-hmm. like him that much. She just kind of yeah, likes flirting and I think with they him. Both like to flirt, and it's just fun. Yeah, I, I, I mean, oh, what are all the different versions? There's the Anya Taylor Joy. There's there's Kate, Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, um, uh, Romelda. Ramelda. Ramelda. Mm. Ra- ra- mm. Hold oh, on, hold oh on, hold I on. saw her in a play once. Did you see her at the play or did performing you see her performing the in the she play? She was so good. So not Mm-mm. like Siri no, and I. It was called The Writer <laughs> and it was very. Ramola. Mm-hmm. Ramola. That's her name. Ramola I am actually Giari. really surprised at how many people I've seen in plays. But she was so good. You, that's that's kind of a just a <laughs> weird thing, but um, yeah, she at the Almeida. Did you see it when you lived in London? I lived in London, actually, but um, you don't Ding understand, dong. y'all. I spent, I, I saw about two shows a week. Um, like I was ravenous. That's wild. No, but like that's my that's my thing. You know, that's my thing. That's your thing. But um. Um, also, we're Gwyneth. forgetting our, our – our, uh, we're forgetting Gwyneth. Gwyneth. Well, what's I your favorite version? 
It's okay. Honestly, I think it might be the best Jane Austen really? adaptation. Like, yeah, I would say, yeah. like, in terms of like the Jane Austen mm-hmm. tone, along with being mm-hmm. stylish and um, commercially, like it, uh, the ability to consume it mm-hmm. easily, I think it's a hundred percent the best one. It's so thoughtfully done. It's so funny. It's perfectly I, um, cast. Wh- who, what's the director's name? Uh, is it uh, Autumn DeWild? On Instagram. Um, I hi Autumn. I, I love you so much. To every single uh, when she was on the press circuit, I listened to every single interview. There's this great thing that she said for directing, where she told each actor that there is something very physical. Um, like okay. Um, sorry, PG thirteen, but this happens sometimes. She's like, okay, so dude, you're in this scene, but also you have an erection the whole time, and like, they, but like, no one knows. Mm. They do not show it. It's not like a little. It's not a little joke, but it's this thing where she wanted to make sure all the actors had something internal and physical, and Jane Austen was so repressed that it was like, um, I, something a secret for them to know for the director and the actor to know yes. that no one else did. And I think having the the things that could not be said running through the whole movie. And, and then, of course, it comes out in the famously the nosebleed scene, which is so good mm. and pe- made people upset. It's so good. And it's good. just – it's so – it's perfect. And actually, I don't – do you believe this? Anya Taylor-Joy – um, who seems just so mystical and not one of the least grounded really? people, not in a bad way of very yes. Miranda July. No. Um, but she said she was like, my finest acting moment ever is I got the nosebleed physically on cue. Do you think that actually happened? No, I think that's a damn lie. Because I think if that had actually happened – They would have stopped the take and been like, did you have a brain aneurysm? Go get like, go, where is, where is the onset doctor? And also, also, you know, they had to prep for that. They weren't expecting her to nosebleed on cue. They, they were also expecting a nosebleed. And so that would have been like hella pre-prepped. There's no way that she just like that's a whole it's part of like the script I, <laughs> that like that she has he, a nosebleed. <laughs> so like she definitely didn't will the nosebleed on cue. That's insane. But only if Anya and Autumn had a conversation and uh, Anya was like I get really bad nosebleeds actually if I get emotional. And so Easily. Autumn was like, oh, "Yeah, that's what we do. I Let's think that – and then possibly if she was so – I think if Anya could do that, if Anya could do that, we would have seen that in like every – every I, I everything. Just, everything ever always. She'd be doing it on press tours. She'd be like, oh, I can I can nosebleed I just, on command. I, I do, but here's the thing. I Even if it didn't happen on cue, I think Anya Taylor-Joy does really believe – I and you know what? It. That's okay. I, and – and, and I love that for her. And I love that for um, her. Not to be a Davide and say, you are a liar. I don't think she's a liar. I think she... But, but she is an, an actress. actress. <laughs> and I, I, can, I can confirm that we just... It's just different for us. We live in a slightly altered reality. And I think that's cute. So yes. who else do we got? Okay, so our number, we our just number, we number, just have our, no, our no, number no. one. Let's double girl. check. Is there anyone else? Oh, if we're missing someone, right? Uh huh. Lizzie. Oh, we didn't do Catherine. Uh, yeah. Okay. So our we're almost to the end. I think Catherine. I think Catherine goes before Emma. I think. I think possibly they're interchangeable, Catherine and Emma. However, since we're ranking this list and we're, we are like, oof, we're like artists, 
It's going to be really, more. This is this is acad- it's gonna this be is academia. More interesting. <laughs> it's a more interesting pairing to have Emma second because I think our third and our first mm. are not too similar, but are more similar. I think it's more interesting to have Emma second, if anything. So our third, yeah, is Catherine. Is Catherine. It's definitely Catherine. She's the one that I have the least amount of experience with. I I think and I think it's because there's something so like too familiar about her. Yeah. Like it, it hits yeah. too close and to home. It, I think it's funny when um people are like, Oh, this character, it's not relatable or it's not this and you're like, Oh no, I understood it immediately. Oh, mm. oh, oops. Yeah, no, no, no. No one's no, like this. Yikes. This awful. And you're like, yeah, I hate her. I hate her Me. so much. No, anyways, I think it's very charming. It's a girl who, how how often, Maddie, were you physically in a room as a child, but you were like, my husband is dead, you know? And you just were living a different existence. I would say from the age, I would say for 19 mm-hmm. years straight. Um, I do have a very distinct memory of like coming to life at around 19 and being like, oh, I think I'm really here now. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> and then popped immediately back into uh, into my uh, alternate reality. So Ka- yeah, Catherine, Catherine Moreland. Moreland. And I think like name. I used to as a little kiddo living just in Rebecca world. I like wore an all black outfit sometimes. Mm. And I was like, I'm a spy today, you know? And I lived the whole day as a spy. Yeah. It wasn't even like I was acting. It was more just like, I'm just a spy. I am. Like if my mom, if I have to go to the grocery store with my mom, like I'm being a spy. I'm like taking surveillance. And like I'm looking at the surveillance cameras and I'm like, oh, yeah. They're watching. And it's just, it's just fun. I have and to be on my best behavior. And it's also like what you read because um, Catherine is consuming these gothic novels. And so she has become a part of this world. And I think she's and I think one of the things I have so much affection for is like Henry Tilney is like a Bingley, you know? And we mm. just love him. And there's actually – when they meet at and- the ball, there's this very sexy little flirty – I think – Kind of some yeah. of my favorite little romantic flirty dialogue going on. Um, Henry is like such an underrated. He's such I, a good like romantic Henry lead. is. He really is, and I he's one of Jane's like. Usually, her male leads are a bit more like mm-hmm. brooding and a bit more and secretive. Like I in, will tell you this later, and, and like all restrained. Whereas like Henry is just sort of like a good, a good, he's a good silly and think, boy. And I kind I of really forget like about him. him sometimes. Just in like her. I know because he's no, just so his, not complicated. <laughs> so like he almost, he can't be taken out of the book, but like so much of it could happen and he doesn't have to be there. And he's just sort of like. I, I think I think you're I'm so like, silly. Like yeah, you're, yeah. She's just like I. I like Henry a lot. Henry, Henry, I would say is one of my top five. Top five, my top like. Yeah, Jane and Austen I think boys. I'm, I'm. He's very sweet. I love. I, just, I love me I, Henry. I, I want someone just direct, and they're like, I like you. I think you're. I think you're pretty and smart. Yeah. And when I'm with you, that is good, and I like it. And I'm like, thank yeah. you. I don't need to and know like, that actually you're taking care of an orphan in a shed, but you're not going to tell me for three years. No. Like, and that's no. why you think I hate you. I don't need you to like, you know, save my sister from ruin and not tell me and never speak to me again. I, like, that's yeah. insane. Literally just be like, be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But you're really funny and I like she's hanging like, out with you. I'm going to go cry um, in a corner. And I, I'll like, marry. That's okay too, you know. <laughs> He's like, I'll, I'll marry you if you're down. Like that sounds like it could be fun. Let's I just do think, it. I just, I enjoy her. I feel like she's, 
uh, a sweet version of Mary from uh, Persuasion. You know what I mean? She's yes, she's just a absolutely. sweetie pie. So now we're gonna get to our number one, our number one lonely girl who we've we've discussed. We've already, already kind of on the podcast. You should listen uh, to um, our Persuasion episode. Um, our episode on persuasion, but uh, Anne Elliot is mm-hmm. the loneliest girl. We love her, <sighs> and we, we love do. her so much, and we love and we love everything about. Um, we love everything about the way Jane Austen mm-hmm. was able to get there eventually, and and really like uh, represent mm-hmm. the lonely girl in in a, in a very like authentic and, and she didn't way. need to become spunky because quiet girls mm-hmm. and shy. Shy humans, not calling her a shy girl. That is, yeah, that is a different kind of girl. Another, um, it would just, yeah, uh, just a little, little teaser. But I think she is quiet, and I think she went through something really hard, and I think she's handling it well. And, um, and I think Mm. as we were talking, I think her, I think Jane's older sister, Cassandra, was. Uh, someone she really obviously loved, obviously admired. And I think both the both Jane, um, like, I mean, Cassandra's fiance died. And I think it is not yeah. the same as Wentworth, but it's almost like, I mean, I'm probably making this up, but like, it's almost telling the story of like, Cassandra lost her fiance, but it's like, actually, in this beautiful retelling he's gonna come back like what if you know like it's like yeah i know and it was written around the time i think cassandra was three years older and so it was written around the time um that i think it's just a love letter to cassandra and i think at least Mm. and i think it's really beautiful and it's someone and anna's our yeah and anna's our favorite not and have- she's uh, she deserves so much better than what she got yeah, this year in 2022. And we love, and also Wentworth. Yeah, just, we just we love. Him. So I mean, this this probably brings us into uh into a a good a good segue yeah. into our next se- section. So we were recapping our our lonely girl ranking list number one, Anne Elliot number two. Emma, number three, Catherine Moreland, number four, Eleanor, number five is Marianne, number six is Fanny, number seven is Lizzie Bennett. So now we are going to hold on. We're going to pause so Maddie can grab some more coffee, and then (laughs) we're back. Gosh, I'm such a sweaty. Hello. (laughs) We're keeping that in. Um, I, I have my central AC cranked down to like 66 degrees. So it's, if I'm sweating, it's like cold sweats because I refuse to, um, experience uh, heat in any way, shape or form. You've been in my apartment though. It's just not possible to record a podcast. It's with that on. I, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. So loud. Um, so this is great. This brings us into our next segment. Just like not but having we'll air be... conditioning. Neither did these supporting Just like... characters. Oh, that's it's really good. That's a that's a Maddie transition. Neither did these supporting characters. We want to talk about um and I think in a way to like just further establish, further define mm-hmm. the lonely girl, uh the lonely girl canon. We're gonna uh pitch some uh, honorary lonely girls in the Jane Austen universe because she's really good at writing lonely mm-hmm. girls. You go first. I need um, to I double think, check some. Yeah, saying. yeah. So I think um, I think a case can definitely be made for uh, Captain Wentworth. I think Wentworth is a very lonely girl. I think going off to sea. Just anytime, anytime you get on a boat, if you're uh, at to, sea, to not deal with. Uh, to but and specifically to like not deal with heartache. Mm-hmm. That's very lonely, girl. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would say Captain Wentworth, just just specific, uh, you know, for the for the single reason alone of going off to sea. 
after getting his heart broken. And he's a lonely girl. You can listen to us talk more about that in our persuasion episode. Okay, I'm going to fire off three different characters from Emma, and I want your immediate reaction ready. Mr. Elton. Okay. Uh, no, yes, not. yes. Maybe toxic. Um, or maybe a shy <laughs> girl. Um, oh. Because he puts himself in this situation. Uh, teaser. Um, okay, what about uh, Frank Churchill? No. Okay. Well, and No, I don't think so. No, And no. then what about that girly that he ends up with, uh, Jane Fairfax? Jane Fairfax? No. Absolutely not. No. Okay. What about- Not a lonely girl. Not a lon- I am now going to give my nom, who also I think Mr. Knightley is, um, from Emma, Miss Bates. <sighs> yes. Isn't she oh, the sweetest? Miss Bates. Bates. Um, I think Miranda Hart- cast and that role is like actual genius casting and that's something autumn talked about like having that uh connection with uh miranda hart is they're both tall like just tall broad shoulders women and how like that's just a very specific experience of like like you literally people just look at you like you're you can't be missed you know and it's it's like a it is from the si- sounds of it, kind of an isolating experience. I know this sounds weird, but to be a very large, tall person. Like one of my friends married a guy who has flaming red hair and was 6'5 and was the most quiet, introverted guy. But to be so large and unmissable, it, there's just... It sounds like horrifying. It sounds awful like lee pace it sounds actually awful lee pace by the way is oh lee pace Mm. anyways um my friend saw him in a play so okay and then we're not going to talk about um mansfield park because i don't no we're not we're really not i don't even know if anyone's lonely in there if you can, no one's lonely. Everyone's just weird and repressed <laughs> like, and annoying, and bad. Um, maybe the one that. But really I would say like the mom the who's like the. No, no, no. The mom who's like um like on on at laudanum the whole time, who's just like high as a kite the whole time. <laughs> that's pretty. Hanging lonely. out with her pugs. She's she's drugs. a that's a lonely girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, to be on drugs, <laughs> to be lonely. on drugs in a mansion is a very okay. lonely girl. What about Sense and Sensibility? Fanny Dashwood. I don't think so. I'm just throwing out characters at you. I think the little sister is is uh, she's she's. Uh, amping up to be a fairly lonely girl. I think she's got. I think. I think having two older sisters um, sets you up for like much older sisters sets you I, up for uh, being lonely. some lonely girl tendencies. I also yeah. just love like they might have as well had like a family dog. <laughs> like oh, she's literally so inconsequential. Um, okay, Colonel Brandon. <gasps> Yes, that when we were talking about lonely girl characters, that was the one that I was like, uh, Colonel Brandon is such a lonely girl. Yeah. Okay. You know what? There is, and he, and he went on, and he did he go to, to sea? sea? <laughs> if you okay, wait. have went to sea, or you've <laughs> or been in a play, we're in a play. <laughs> you are a lonely girl. <laughs> what if you did a play at sea? Carnival Cruise. I know. <laughs> but on a, also, though, if you're a Disney, what what are they called? The Disney fans? A I Disney don't adult. Know if any of you can be lonely. We'll just see. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Mm. That's, that's, a def, that's a different ailment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see. Persuasion. We already talked about Wentworth. I think that one guy who had a, who had a dead fiance, he's a lonely the, girl. Uh, yeah, the one who loved poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever his uh, name let's is. Let's see if if you if we forget someone, please. Um, you know, you let us yeah. know. Um, Northanger Abbey. I I think I don't. Uh, and, and no one's really that fleshed out. Um, and so, besides, besides like Catherine, because it is so like internal and is so from her own perspective that yeah. I think. And also, she's not a reliable narrator. 
at all, Mm-mm. which is so fun. But like, you just you can't. And I think Henry is just so black and white. Like, I like mm-hmm. you, and you're kind of like. I mean, I don't think she can be unreliably right. giving straightforward okay. conversation topics. And yeah. what he does also backs up what he says. Um, now let's go to Pride and Prejudice. Um, oh, yes. We There's asked- like Pride and Prejudice is is a full cast. Like there, I would say that's like the one of the bigger casts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of her novels. Yeah. There's a lot of lonely girls so, in, in Pride and Prejudice. Let's talk about the Darcy side of things. So we've yes. got uh, Wickham. Is Wickham lonely? Mm-hmm. Yes? No. No. Okay, so we got Wickham. We got the Bingleys. I don't think he, any of those. We've got Dr- – I think – okay, hear me out. I think Caroline, Caroline – I think Caroline Bingley might be a lonely girl. Okay, it's fine. And I think, and I, I think because she's so – She's so desperate for Darcy's approval Mm. and honestly like shoots herself in the foot all the time in trying to get like a specific reaction out of him and it ends up absolutely kicking her in the ass. And I think that's very lonely girl. Yes, but I think it is a thing to be stated that she really has no – she really could not care less about anyone else. Or how mm. – and it's like how she's perceived is very important and the fact that she thinks she's better than everyone. Um, but I, I do understand what you're saying about like I will be happy if I and when I can get the approval of this one person. Like she's never trying to cause chaos for the sake of causing chaos. Mm. She's tr- she's causing chaos because she feels empty inside. And she has and a that goal. I think is – and that's very lonely girl. Yeah. Is is attempting to quell the emptiness by and causing Sorry. chaos or whatever you do in spite of that. Yeah. So it's it's it, a she taste might, a smack of lonely she girl. She might be a lost boy. Um it's very true. Cuz she's very true. she's stamping uh, on the garden. She might Yeah. teaser. Um so Let's see. So we've gone through the Darcy side of things. And then we've got some inconsequential humans. Yeah. Um, now let's go to the Bennett household. Daddy. Yes. Daddy Bennett. I think Daddy Bennett's a resigned lonely girl. He might be a lost boy. Like he yeah. someone mentioned once, like he's kind of in some ways like the villain in that he is. He like he knows he's gonna leave them. And when he dies, everything's going to go wrong. He makes fun of his wife all the time. Who, her concerns, she is ridiculous. However, her concerns are legitimate. Like, there's, uh, it feels like dad, daddy Bennett is like dealing with some hardcore depression. Yeah. Like he is just completely tapped out. He's totally disassociated. And it isn't until like something gnarly happens to his youngest daughter mm-hmm. that he like you know goes on the offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and even but by then, then it's like too late. And thank God Elizabeth is who she is and Jane is who she is mm-hmm. because otherwise her family would be like. And destitute. then if you didn't listen to Jane Austen part one, I mean, like it's possibly showing how Jane's father was reacting. Or not reacting, being so passive on like once he died, yeah, his girls also were going to be screwed over because they were single ladies. Yeah, and like he sold the family home and they didn't want him to. And then he's like, mm, "I want to die in Bath," you know, and like just took them to places he cared about. And he wasn't yeah. a great, maybe personally wise, like. Uh, Elizabeth Bennett and her dad got along just like Jane and her dad, but that doesn't mean he was a good kind of like provider or like, no, he was not practical. He was just sort of like his temperament just matched Elizabeth's more than her mother. Yeah. Okay. So daddy, daddy Bennett, lost boy, maybe a lost boy, lost boy teaser is they have qualities of lonely girls, but are also are not aware of what they're doing. And in their loneliness, as we say, like stomp through the flower garden. 
just whatever is yeah. in their wake. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not great, but they're not really taking yes. anyone else into account. Um, no. Okay. That was pretty They're good. motivated by the same things, but not aware. Yes. So, um, mom, no. No. Um, and then Jane, I would say yes. Very similar. Yeah. Very similar to Eleanor. Pretty much could pop yeah. her in a different um, story. Uh, now we're going to talk about the most nominated. The most nominated, we we did a poll on the Insta. Instagram, which if you're not following, follow Lonely Girls Podcast. Lonely Girls Podcast. Podcast. Y'all, actually, she was the only person nominated. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's it. I think that speaks volumes that Mary Bennett is the loneliest girl. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's interesting because Mary Bennett is almost like Fanny price mm-hmm. in an alternate universe she's very pa- it's it's pretty much if mary bennett was the lead of a book of exactly if mary bennett was the lead of 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 pride and prejudice it would be mansfield park um but mary bennett um does not end up with anything anyone that we know of but she's very tied to her morality mm-hmm. and her uh music i think there's nothing lonelier than playing live music at a party and not doing a good job and also and not realizing that you're not good and until yeah no one will tell you that you're not good no one wanted you to either no one was like (sighs) oh mary but and because that happens a lot in the books is people are like oh so and so please please play the piano please 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 play for us and i think I think Mary thinks she's an Anne Elliot, but she's actually a Fanny, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's very lonely. And that's very And lonely. also her her I don't remember if this is in the books, but they they hint at it in the adaptations where Mary is secretly pining after Mr. Collins. Yes. And which makes me so sad because they'd be a perfect match. Yeah. And I think now we can just go Lydia and kitty uh yep um if you can't get those two right um uh i i i mean you gotta listen to all these episodes and try again you really do Um, you really do it's kind of step one of figuring out what a lonely girl is okay collins yeah let's do it yes yes lonely lonely girl lonely girl lonely girl and also i will be honest i am when i think of Mr. Collins because the 2005 is my version. Tom Hollander is my Mr. Collins. Um, I also love him in About Time, which one day Lonely Girls, gonna, we're going to make Maddie watch and I, so many people are going to, it's so good. But anyways, Tom Hollander, it was actually his idea for him wow. to stand next to Matthew McFadden um, because he knew the height difference would be people would love it. But um, he doesn't have emotional social awareness or emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy that he at least got Charlotte. It seems like Charlotte is like, I am willing to take this on. You add value to my life in certain ways. They may not be the things that you think add value to my life. But in exchange for what you offer me, which is security, I will run your house and, you know, keep you keep you in check. And I, th- I think ultimately they will be of a fine pair indeed. So and also they have the shared value of being very impressed, very it is very important, Lady Catherine. And I think that's and so I think like there are certain things like not exactly status, but kind of. And it turns yes. out that is very important to Charlotte, which is not something that we knew, honestly, before she married Collins. But it, it turns out it is. And so they both, mm. yeah, yes. totally. So I think that kind of wraps it up. I actually think we, like, talked about every single character and we weren't planning to, but it wasn't that hard. No, but, you know... 
It's honestly like literally our favorite thing to talk about, um, which is the Jane Austen universe. Rebecca, this has been such a delight. If people want to continue in the delight in in you, where can they find you? you? Want to continue to delight in me? Yeah, uh, Rebecca Botter, and uh, that's with two T's. Uh, fun fact: it's like Potter, but with a B. And what about you? And oh, actually, mm-hmm. TikTok. I'm Botter Rebecca. Instagram. I'm Rebecca Botter. But what are you? It's a little confusing for the fans. Okay, a little confusing because on TikTok I'm Madeline Turner, and on Instagram I'm Turner Madeline. We also have a shared uh, Instagram account for the podcast mm-hmm. called Lonely Girls Podcast, which Rebecca um, shoves with the most in- incredible content daily. I do my best to shove the content in there as well, but she I'm is mommy the content queen and, and daddy. And I am daddy. Um, and we would love to, you know, continue the conversation with you. And follow us on TikTok. Uh, just this morning, mm-hmm. we reached 500 and it's all. Ooh. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Lonely Girls. Um, remember, guys, stay lonely, but not alone. Bye. Bye.